This Week in HPC by Intersect 360 Research. Intel cuts 10% of workforce and releases Knight's Landing developer platform. It's This Week in HPC. Hi, everyone. Thanks for dialing into another episode of This Week in HPC with Intersect 360 Research. I'm Addison Snell, and that's Michael Feldman. And This Week in HPC is distributed in partnership with our friends at top500.org. Michael, we're still catching up on all the processor news this week in HPC. We've got a developer platform that came out from Intel right. about Knight's Landing last week in HPC. But let's start with this week's news also about Intel. Intel announcing that it's reducing its workforce by 10%. Yeah, that's a that's a big move there, 10%. I can't remember the last time Intel had that big uh, workforce reduction. Uh, so we're talking about about 12,000 jobs that are at stake here, and uh, I think it's it's all going to happen pretty quickly as far as when they're notified. But the the job uh, layoffs I think are going to take place over some period of time, so they won't happen all in one week or anything. Well, I think next week is when it's mostly going to all come down. So in some sense, we're still reading between the lines here in terms of uh, BK's initial announcement about what was the motivation behind the layoff, which came together with their regularly scheduled quarterly uh, announcements of, of earnings. But uh, really what they're saying is that the consumer products are the ones that are lagging, and they want to be focusing more on the high end, which, uh, you know, the data center side, which is where their HPC and hyperscale technologies are. So for as far as our listeners are concerned, it sounds like this uh, affects more like your Intel Core products, like you might find in a laptop, and not so much the, the high-end uh, Xeon, Xeon Phi, uh, or even uh, Altera FPGAs. Right. In that sense, it's not a huge surprise. I mean, their PC business has been declining for a while, and they're sort of the replacement for that. Their tablet and smartphone business hasn't really taken off in, in the way they, they probably would have liked it to. But certainly their data center business, the size that we're concerned with, has been growing and is actually a bigger margin business anyway. So to restructure like this you know, just, just makes a lot of sense. They're following the market, and they're also following the margins. But with respect to the tablets and smartphones, I guess the one that I would be least clear on is what goes on with the Intel Atom processors, because those are the ones that are really targeting those devices, and yet having that really low power profile package could be um, could be applicable or attractive in some high-end or hyperscale kinds of markets. Yeah, I mean, that's very true. So they're obviously they're not going to shut down the Atom, or not obviously, but I, I assume that that's they won't do that. That's a uh, that's a huge product line for them, and they do have some revenue from that. But um, it'll be interesting to see in the future how that how that plays out. Maybe there'll be uh, less of an emphasis on on that product line in general. I mean, they they have talked more and more about the higher end chips. You know, we're talking about Knight's Landing all the time and the high end Xeons, and these are their their margin products and also their growth products in, in that sense. So. Um, We'll take a real closer look at how they're going to be doing the actual layoffs in the in the details, and maybe we'll see a shift in, in some strategy there for the Atom. But regardless, I mean, this is a lot of people. They're talking about, what, 12,000 people? Is that right? 12,000, yeah. That's more employees than you see at either NVIDIA or AMD, which are about the same size. Right, that's because Intel's so huge, right? I mean, a chunk of them is, is the size of a normal company in that sense. There's any uh, significance to that is that these other companies aren't going to be able to absorb those people. So those people are going to have to distribute to numerous 
smaller companies or uh, organizations. So it's it's a lot of people that are going to be looking for work all of a sudden in Silicon Valley and related areas. It's something we're going to get a lot more clarity on over the next week as people actually start getting their pink slips. But, uh, you know, just to reiterate, I, I think the impact on HPC is going to be minimal. We're seeing, if anything, more investment from Intel there. I mean, they just acquired, what, 3,000 employees from Altera. I don't think they're letting, I, they'll probably have some attrition there, but regardless of who attrites out of that, you, right. you don't really, I don't see them laying off all those people they just bought. No, right. It seems like acquisitions like Altera and, and other acquisitions even are are more in the area of, of their their growth focus, which is which is HPC and hyperscale and cloud and, and related areas in the data center. So, yeah, if anything, I think we'll see the just a, a sort of a, a seismic shift from a consumer focus organization to a, a data center focus organization that will happen over a period of time. But this is a, a real good indication that that's going on. And underscoring that in a product development sense, uh, you know, in terms of the future at the high end, is they got their first Knight's Landing developer platform out. This is the other story we have this week in HPC, although it actually came from the previous right. week. And there are some good write-ups in PC World uh, and uh, HPC Wire for people who are looking for more information on it. But Intel introducing what they were calling a ninja developer platform as part of their developer access program for Knight's Landing. They come available in either a, uh, a rack mount or in a desktop pedestal version. Right. Colfax is actually the, the primary um, OEM that's building this thing, although they, they say you can use local OEMs as well, but it's called, right, in the case of the, uh, the workstation, it's called the Ninja Developer Platform Pedestal, and that's sort of the, the single node version, in a sense, that comes at close to $5,000 base price. Um, the, the rack mount system carries four of those nodes with uh, a, a night's landing in it, and that's about four times the price, close to $20,000. Um, but yeah, two different versions depending upon how you're, uh, how you're developing uh, your, your software for presumably what's going to be a bigger night's landing system. These are things that are probably going to be bought mostly by the uh, HPC organizations and national labs that are looking to put Knight's Landing chips into their uh, their supercomputers, and they need a development platform for uh, the software uh, programmers. Just a couple of configuration notes. This is a Knight's Landing chip, so it's a 72-core uh, processor. And then the single node is a single socket Knight's Landing, and it comes with 240 gigabytes of SSD, 4 terabyte hard drive. Aside from that, 96 gigabytes of, uh, of RAM, of memory. Uh, also includes PCIe Express slots uh, and the like. And then uh, is, is available, as we said, in either the, the desktop or the uh, the rack mount version, and then in terms of developer development environment, it's based on uh, CentOS Linux 7.2. That's been the second most popular uh, Linux uh, distribution behind Red Hat in in our surveys in our database. Although CentOS's uh, usage clusters a lot more down at the low end, it's actually a pretty popular development environment for these uh, smaller systems. And you also get a license for things like Intel Parallel Studio, uh, compilers, uh, uh, libraries, things like that. Right. And the way they've spec'd it, it looks like it's a single uh, Xeon Finite landing chip in this uh, on these 
uh, workstations and in these nodes of the rack mount system. So it's it's not a, a coprocessor type thing that they will be offering, but it doesn't seem to be another Xeon or other processor in there. It looks like it's a, it's a native uh, Xeon Phi that's going to drive the these uh, uh, these hardware devices here. I mean, really, in as much as this is a workstation form factor, this is an important product here for Intel and for Knight's Landing. The, the game eventually gets played out here in software, and Intel needs to get the application development momentum behind Knight's Landing. Uh, we know from our studies uh, you know, that a lot of people are looking at Knight's Landing. There's a lot of evaluation going on there, but the GPUs are ahead in terms of wide-scale deployment and the another number of applications running on them, and, and Intel's trying to close that gap with, with this product and with this development environment. Right. I mean, GPU sort of had a, a built-in type of workstation in that, uh, any, at least for NVIDIA, any CUDA GPU could be used as a development platform. So anything that had a, a discrete right. uh, NVIDIA GPU in it that was, uh, you know, of, of late vintage could be used as a development platform. Here they, they actually had to go and build that platform since nobody's using Knight's Landing as a, uh, as a, as a graphics accelerator in a, in a PC or anything else right now. So, yeah, I mean, this is an important uh, thing for Intel to be doing and certainly to get uh, get the software ecosystem revved up for this new Knight's Landing uh, architecture. I mean, just to put some numbers behind it, uh, GPUs right now are in use at about 90% of HPC sites, and the majority of that, the clear majority of that, well, I mean, it, it is a majority. The majority of that is in widespread use, and then you know some of it is still at the testing or evaluation phase. That's a you know about a 55-35 split out of the out of the 90%. If you look at uh, Knight's Landing, you've got about 75% of the market is at least looking at it, but out of the people who are looking at it, only about one in three uh, have it in any kind of uh, dist- you know, wider distribution right now. The majority of that is in uh, testing and evaluation, so there there is a gap that needs to be closed. Yeah, and we're, we're actually looking very closely at that, and we're going to see, I think we're going to see a lot of that gap close this year in an expansion probably in both areas. So yeah, Intel with this night's landing, it's it's a very big uh, platform for them. It's it's a, an architectural uh, departure from the previous Xeon Phi. So uh, this looks like uh, it's going to be a very significant uh, uh, product for them. And I think we're going to see the market in accelerators shift accordingly over the next uh, couple of years as as these things go into the field. Right. And, you know, as far as putting together a developer platform, I think this is the the product that you want to see. It's available in the different form factors. It includes the complete development environment that Intel wants to see you using uh, around these Knight's Landing processors. So, you know, tracking adoption of this is is really going to be critical for the the future and and how the competition uh, plays out in, in HPC for this product. Yeah, absolutely. And something we'll be looking at, obviously. As, as, uh, <laughs> well, that's our job. Out. We keep looking at it. So uh, we'll, we might have more Intel updates in the future, but uh, we'll keep our, our tabs on this story. I think from a high-end perspective, things are, are full speed ahead from Intel. But uh, you know, obviously, we want to keep our, our eye on both sides of that story. So interesting news, all Intel this week. Thanks to you for tuning in. You've been listening to This Week in HPC. 
You've been listening to This Week in HPC, brought to you by Intersect 360 Research, actionable market intelligence for high-performance computing. For more information, visit intersect360.com.